All right, we're recording. Thanks for coming on, Jade Lotus, for my third podcast. Um, I'm still still learning how to do a podcast, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I've always had you as a. Um, I've always wanted to get you on to do a podcast with you because I think the work that you're doing is so important, and you've helped me out a lot. Uh, you've helped out my girlfriend. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that could really do with uh, working with someone like yourself. So I wanted to um, use this as a good opportunity to promote the work that you do, put yourself out there, and um, hopefully some people can find you as a result. So thanks for coming on and thanks for all the work that you do. Thanks, Dan. It's lovely to see you again. Yeah, no worries at all. So, um, you are a tantric educator and body worker and also a Taoist teacher. So for people who don't really know what that is, they're wondering what, what, what is a tantric body worker. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and maybe uh, the history of, of tantric body work and, and, you know, just where, where it started and yeah. Okay, so um, Tantra is like an ancient Indian, you could call it like a religion, a way of life, a philosophy, and um, it's not really known how old it is. I think the first archaeological clear evidence goes back to only 1,500 years ago, but it's way older than that because its ideas are permeating through like all of Asian culture, so they're permeating into Japanese culture, into Tibetan culture, into Chinese culture, into Buddhism, into Hinduism. And um, it's, a, it's a belief system that ba that's based around the belief that there's an energy which is called Shakti energy or the energy of the divine fe feminine, which is the active energy that gives life and creates life. And that this energy permeates through the whole physical world and the physical universe. So basically it's based around the belief that female energy is creating life. And, um, how it applies to us as human beings. Um, uh, well, one of the main, uh, the main parts of Tantra is really about getting in touch with the energy in the body. So they talk about us having these seven chakras or energy centers, which come up our body and they take us through um, like the seven qualities that we need to live. So by our anus and, or the perineum, we've got a chakra that's called the base chakra. And this gives us the quality of energy that we need to just basically survive. So it's about having a roof over the head and having food, yeah, just basic survival, you know? So if that's not working properly, you're likely to kind of end up on the street, homeless and begging and so on, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the first basic quality of a human is just being able to survive. But of course, you know, if all you can do is survive, it's a very limited um, way to live. So the next chakra, which is just above the pubic bone, is called the sacral chakra. Sometimes it's referred to as the sexual chakra. And so when the energy moves just up a little, little bit, just up here to the top of the pubic bone, that gives us the quality of being able to appreciate beautiful things around us. So it's a little bit like from go going from buying, you know, Tesco value sausages to then going down to the farmer's market and getting something a little bit better quality, you know, arranging your house nicely, putting up some pictures you know and starting to kind of care about the appearance of things how things look and um getting more appreciation out of life just being beautiful mm. then 
we've got the next chakra, which is in the solar plexus. This we call the willpower chakra. So this is what makes us really want to go out and achieve in the world to get done. You know, the things that we dream about doing, whether this is like our business, artistic things or whatever, you know. So these three chakras, we can say they make up what we call like the lower the lower part of ourselves. Yeah, the, the lower the lower being. OK, now that's not to say that they're less than the upper being, because the lower being is important because it gives us stability and basis of grounding in, in this world. So if we don't have um, those things grounding us down into this world, you know, well, when we live in the spirit realm, we can be all up here. But here we need to have a grounding and be able to, for example, take our spiritual practices instead of being I'm so spiritual, but can you lend me 20 quid? Actually be able to put what we're doing, whatever that is, into some sort of um some sort of mechanism where in this world it has relevance and it's actually allowing us to enjoy being in this world okay so this has a, a certain quality which is we can also call it the mundane world this is the world we're educated into in school okay now here in our heart we've got uh the fourth chakra so the fourth chakra the heart chakra very simply it's what gives us the ability to love and love is something that it's pretty much a human experience and it can, you know, it can make us sort of, you know, we might love another person. We could also love nature. We could love animals. You know, it's not about necessarily falling in love with another being. And certainly like falling in love with ourselves is a really important part of that. But what it does when we start experiencing love is it takes us out of this kind of mundane world where we're kind of thinking, how am I going to make some money? How am I going to survive? And so on. And it takes us into this place where suddenly things are kind of like a little bit less predictable. And anyone who's been in love, you know, we know you can't just, you know, put one plus one equals two and say this is what what love is, because love is very predictable, you know, and it can be quite ungrounding. It can throw us off balance, you know, as well as being like really, really amazing thing, you know. So it takes us out of living in the mundane and into this kind of new new dimension. Now, of course, the guys down here are going to be going, hey, hey, come on, you're not safe up there. Get back down, come down here, you know, which can be very easy to do, especially as we live in a world which tends to focus on the mundane physical dimension, which is what's down here, you know. But then what when the energy gets pulled through love up into our heart, it then has the ability to come up higher, come up into the throat chakra, which gives us the ability to communicate, the ability to also you use our intuition, you know. So this is starting to take us a little bit kind of out of what actually down here is the logic of the brain into another dimension, which ironically is the logic and the intelligence of the body. Mm. So then we come up into the third eye. This is referred to as the intelligence center. And finally at the top of the head, we have the crown chakra, which gives us our spirituality and it connects us up into the universe, just as the perineum connects us down into the earth. So in, in Tantra, there's an awareness of these chakras and of the fact that we want our energy to rise up through these chakras and we want the chakras to be equally balanced so we don't want to for example be all in here you know all, all in the willpower just greedy not caring about anything you know the same as if or if all we are is in love and there's no kind of grounding and basis to this we're going to be kind of constantly getting our heart broken you know so all of these things are important just like you know being too intelligent and too spiritual without kind of being grounded down here that has its problems with it as well. Mm. So 
you know, pretty much everybody will know about yoga practice. In yoga practice, you actually involve going into certain positions and stretches that are designed to open these chakras, yeah? And then as well as opening the chakras, they're designed to activate energy, which is more or less um, uh, consistent with the spinal fluid that comes up the spine and into the brain. And then there's two lines of energy, which we can refer to as maybe like a yin yang, masculine and feminine, and they're called the nadis. And the nadis sort of spiral up the body. So the aim of, of um, yoga and the aim of tantra, tantric meditation ultimately is to activate this energy, to pull the energy up the body. And then what happens in Tantra, it's referred to as Kundalini awakening. So when we have Kundalini awakening, the energy is really, really flowing up the body. You know, all the chakras, all the different qualities that we need to live become really in balance. And we can really exist in, you know, a state of pleasure, a state of bliss in the most simple things we're doing, even if these things are sort of washing the dishes, you know, just looking at a tree can just literally be like almost, you know, the most blissful experience. Um, so um, this is called Kundalini Tantra. This is this is one of the, the main, of course, there's like so many parts of Tantra. We can't go all, in, all into this, you know, in, in mm. one session. But this is what we're going to look at now, this idea of getting the Kundalini moving. Right. Now, tantric body work, which you, you've asked me about, and I've given you a session and I've taught you a little bit about how to give this to your partner. So what tantric body work does is it essentially moves, works, sorry, to remove blockages that are stopping the energy from flowing up the body. So what these blockages are essentially is they're emotions that we experience that we don't process and then we store them inside of our bodies. So a classic example of an emotion that probably most people are storing in their bodies are feelings of guilt and shame. And especially these tend to relate to our sexuality. Now, what I've noticed through the work I do, what I've observed is these tend to basically get stored around what we call the sacral chakra, also the or the sexual chakra, around the pubic bone, the top of the pubic bone, just above the pubic bone. And what these feelings of shame and guilt do is they cause a tension inside the body and they basically stop the energy from rising up the body. Now, part of this energy and the most powerful part of this energy is actually our sexual energy because our sexual energy is our life force energy. And of course, it has the power for us to create a new life with it. But another function of this energy, because obviously we're not, you know, most of us, we're not continuously creating new babies. So um, uh, part of the function of this energy is actually for the energy to rise up, rise up our bodies and to basically come into our bodies, to come into our cells and to start to rejuvenate and to heal ourselves in our body and as well to actually wash away these blockages clear out these blockages but sometimes the blockages can be really strong and when the energy is used to being directed in a different way than up the body so most men believe that an orgasm is basically ejaculation whereas an ejaculation is actually the end of an orgasm so what it is is it's the orgasmic energy leaving the body and not traveling up the body. So that's why in Tantra, you have a lot of teachings around essentially what's known as semen retention, which means to avoid too much ejaculation or even avoid it at all, and to build up plenty of sexual energy so that then hopefully this energy 
can start rising up the body. Okay. Now, yeah, now, now tantric body work or tantric massage, as it's known today, it's probably something I would more refer to as perhaps being in the neo-tantra or modern tantra rather than being an ancient practice. There's not really evidence of this, there being any kind of an ancient practice, but what this is, is modern people have taken these, um, these theories of opening up the energy and they put it into bodywork sessions. So one of the pioneers of this was Margot Anand, but there's plenty of other people along the way who've used also Taoist bodywork. So one of the big things I use is Taoist bodywork, and there's much more of a history of Taoist bodywork being used to clear blockages, especially around the abdomen, especially around the sexual organs, but also just general blockages in the muscles, in the tendons, in the fascia to basically enable the activation and the movement of energy up the body. Hmm. Wow, that's a lot there, that's great. There's, there's many different ways we could go from there. Um, let's, let's talk about uh, semen retention. So you, you mentioned um, the idea of men holding in the semen and not ejaculating. So for a lot of guys hearing that, they'll be like, well, what's the point of doing that? That's where my pleasure comes from is ejaculating. Why, why am I going to hold that in? And what are some of the benefits that men can experience from, from doing that practice? Okay, so um, semen, semen retention is a very, very ancient practice. Um, certainly there's evidence that it definitely relates to Tantra, and um, there's much well-documented, much more well-documented, better documented evidence about um, its history in ancient China relating to Taoism going back thousands and thousands of years. So it was a practice that was used, I would say by, you know, people living in mountains, perhaps the poorer people, but um, back, you know, thousands of years ago in China, the emperors, the lords, you know, the more powerful and wealthy men, they would tend to have like a lot, a lot of wives, mistresses, concubines, mm. sometimes adding up to thousands of women <laughs> that they were supposed to be, you know, providing pleasure for. And um, what happened to some of these men is they would just get exhausted from, you know, their, their commitments to these ladies. And, um, there was even, it's even said that a few of these men actually died from having too much sex and too much ejaculation. Now, around 2,500 years ago, there was an emperor in China who's referred to as the Yellow Emperor. And he knew about the Chinese folk history relating to energy, relating to health, also relating to sexual energy. And he wanted to know about it. He wanted to get it all documented, all written down. So um, he's, he's basically approached the most knowledgeable sages and wise people in the kingdom. And these, um, this included three women who he took into his confidence. Now the most uh, well-known one of these women is called the plain girl. We refer to her as the plain girl. And what she taught him was how he could have sex and pull his orgasmic energy into his body so that he could have full body orgasms without ejaculating, which meant he could have sex multiple times without losing his energy, without losing his erection. 
and without becoming exhausted by it. So this was really when the whole thing started becoming like well-known, you know, amongst the, the nobles and the rich people of China, although it had been practiced amongst, um, you know, the, the, less, uh, the, less, the less rich people for, for a very long time before that. I mean, it's not known like how long these practices you know, went went back for, but probably thousands and thousands of years, you know? So that was when it was first written down and it was first documented. And um, so the rich and the nobles of China then started taking these practices and using them. And they've been passed down by Taoist masters. And it tended to be kept as a very um, safely guarded, carefully guarded secret. So there's a lot of Qigong teachers because all of these practices, Tai Chi, Qigong, meditation, the practice of what we can call sexual alchemy in Taoism, all of these practices essentially are, um, are uh, related to the same thing, which we can call Qigong or we can call Kung Fu. So most of these teachers, they wouldn't really share these secrets generally too much with their students. And why is that? Um, part of it is, I mean, it is a very, very powerful energy and, you know, part of it may have been that they didn't want, you know, their students becoming more powerful, but also it's a very, very powerful energy that can also, if, if it's not practiced correctly in the right way, it can cause people problems. I mean, I myself have clients come to me who practiced it, for example, read it in a book and practiced it and ended up causing themselves like physical problems because they've not done the practice properly and they haven't had a teacher. So this all changed, I would say like in the eighties. So there was a, there is a Taoist master, he's called Mantek Chia. And he learned with uh, four of the grand masters who's basically passed on this information to him. And then one of his masters told him, look, this stuff that I've taught you, I want you to take it to the West and I want you to start teaching it to Western people. So Mount Akshia had this vision because he saw how Western people were like incredibly powerful in the world. You know, as, as Europeans and Americans, we hold an enormous amount of power over Africa, Latin America, Asia, although East Asia is now becoming much more powerful in its own right. But certainly in those days, um, Europe and America were really controlling and also exploiting the um, the world you know in, in also what what was quite a negative way to the rest of the world and he he saw it as you know us westerners we really needed a lot of healing and he also saw the way westerners were kind of obsessed with sex you know and um, he had this vision that by taking these sacred sexual teachings to western people that he would then start to basically initiate a kind of collective sexual healing amongst Western people, which would also then start influencing and affecting the way that they were treating, for example, people in the third world or the second world. So, um, so he started teaching this in, in the USA. He started first, you know, with some quite small groups of people, but then people started seeing what he was doing, how powerful it was. People started writing books and it started taking off and I mean there's now literally like thousands of instructors probably hundreds of thousands of people who know about his practices and you know in various ways are taking them into his life now before he did this if you wanted to learn the practice of sexual alchemy you would pay like ten thousand dollars for a weekend to teaching with with a master who know knew about it if he would allow you in you know so what he's done is he's made this accessible he's made this available to people on a mass scale i mean 
his books have sold like millions of copies, you know, millions of people know about this, this stuff now. So um, it was really like quite a revolutionary thing. Now, at the same time, what, what was going on in Western culture was that the porn industry was getting like a huge, you know, grip on people. And then with the advent of the internet and one of the biggest uses of the internet, of course, is pornography. And it really made what's, what's now known as porn addiction become like very, very widespread. And of course, just as the same with cigarettes in the old days when there was no health warning, there's very little health warning and awareness about the, the harm that pornography can cause. And there's even sort of, um, you know, many sexologists are actually promoting the use of um, the use of pornography to kind of help people with sexual healing. But, um, you know, now in the last few years, people are becoming more aware of the harm that this can cause, that, that pornography can cause. Um, but um, a lot of men were finding they were becoming so addicted to pornography. They were masturbating so much. It was just ruining their drive. It was ruining their energy. And so this whole ancient idea of semen retention basically started sort of, you know, coming back and being talked about again. Um, so you have in in tantra we refer to the the practice of brahmacharya so brahmacharya is basically referring to being a master of your own sexual energy it doesn't specifically mean never ejaculate although some people do take it to this level of saying i never wanted to ejaculate and some people successfully do it but for most men it's probably more of a practice of coming into more of a balanced relationship with their sexual energy. So when anybody is doing these sexual practices, and for example, the, the Taoist monks and the Taoist nuns of China, of ancient China, and even the modern ones, they do the sexual practice. Now, even if they're practicing celibacy, they're still massaging their own sexual organs. Now, they don't do that in the same way that a porn viewer might, you know, say a porn viewing male might watch pornography out on a screen, grab his penis, jerk it quite hard like this, which actually damages the musculature and the, the fascia of the penis. It can cause sexual problems and it can make the penis smaller as well. So they would have specific ways of massaging, which would actually make the head larger, which is the most pleasurable for the woman. It would make the penis, you know, op optimized with its shape, with its size. And it would also strengthen the erection so that the erection would stay for, for these guys in their 80s, 90s, even, you know, 100 year old men were still having very healthy erections, which basically is a sign of having healthy life force energy. So, um, so now semen retention is coming back onto the plate, onto, you know, onto the table. It's being talked about again. And um, there's a lot of confusion because I follow the hashtag NoFap on, on Instagram. And I do notice like sometimes people are talking about it and they seem a little confused about what it is. So for example, they might think that repressing sexual energy is a good way to go about it, which of course you're doing the same thing there as if you're just ejaculating because still the sexual energy isn't rising up your body. So the, the sexual energy is not going to rise up a, bod, up a body, which is basically tense. It's essential to relax. And it's also essential to basically have an open electromagnetic field in your heart, an open heart. So part of the Taoist practice, we actually send energy by smiling to our hearts to open up the electromagnetic field. Because what we want to 
do is actually create like a nice magnet up here in our hearts that's pulling the sexual energy up into our hearts because it's when the sexual energy reaches our heart that it starts to transform that it starts to alchemize that it sends this lovely energy through our whole body into all our cells which then starts to regenerate our cells and regenerate our gland and our endocrine system and it literally stops and even can reverse the aging process so um so semen retention is an amazing thing and it's really really great that there's so many guys like talking about it now i think now november it's supposed to be no nut november or something know <laughs> yeah. you know do you I know about no nut november yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's just supposed to be try to not come for all of november and um i mean the way i teach and what i recommend to people is start to create a relationship with your sexual energy and start to just invite the sexual energy into your body don't obsess too much about you know well this guy didn't come for three months and i had to come after one month or something like that it's not really about too much about worrying you know in your head about how often you know although being aware of that of course is good but it's actually about creating this relationship with your body moving the energy up and alchemizing the energy or transforming the energy into other forms of energy which are, are beneficial to us so this can be to heal our body creativity it can be spiritual energy we can use it for enlightenment i mean it's literally a multi-purpose energy that we refer to as Taoist as a superfood for, for the soul mm. so um so the superfood for the soul just means it's like it's almost like one who takes spirulina or chlorella or something and it just puts all these multi-nutrients into our body that just make us so much stronger and it's like the same thing that we're doing when we take up this sexual energy into our body is um it's it's just the same as like eating some like really really healthy sort of nourishing food but it's taking it from the bottom up instead of it kind of coming down you know and it's making the the best use of our life force energy this amazing energy that um that nature has given us and of course the sessions that i do because i mentioned about tantric massage um opening up the body so that the energy can flow but one of the the best known things about tantric massage or tantric body work we can say is it's very well known for massage of the genitals now a lot of people don't quite understand why do you massage the genitals now of course there's a huge industry of erotic massage which in itself erotic massage can be a very healing beneficial and therapeutic um experience for someone but ero erotic massage although often people giving erotic massage will call it a tantric massage is not a tantric massage a tantric massage is very different and it's not just working on pleasure although pleasure can be a tool and pleasure certainly is a sign of energy moving it's like basically a healthy sign um uh, pleasure is not the goal or the purpose of tantric massage in fact tantric massages can take us into sort of like quite uncomfortable and even sort of like slightly you know awful places as part of our healing because sometimes in order to heal we do need to kind of go into our shadow places in order to sort of clear out things that we're holding on to that are stopping us from progressing mm. now for a male, when a male receives a tantric massage and the, 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 his penis is massaged, this is referred to as a lingam massage. So a lingam is the tantric word for a penis, but lingam has connotations of being a very sacred thing. So, for example, in Hinduism and Tantra, um, 
the, the, the one of the gods who's called Shiva. So Shiva's lingam is often talked about in Hinduism and Tantra. In fact, there's a temple in India with a statue of Shiva's lingam, Shiva's penis, and people will go on pilgrimages and travel for thousands of miles in order to effectively worship at the penis of God. Now, if we look at our sexual organs, and of course, you know, in our modern Western society, there's a lot of kind of shame and embarrassment attached around our sexual organs. But when we look in a Taoist and tantric way at our sexual organs, our sexual organs are incredibly, incredibly powerful. Now we can look at sexual organs and sexual energy. They literally, on the one hand, they can destroy a person's life. I mean, they've taken down government, it's taken down governments, you know, it's destroyed things when the sexual energy has been used in the wrong way, you know, and even in our culture now, there's huge problems with rape, sexual abuse, pedophilia, and all this, which essentially is a problem of blocked sexual energy and people having this kind of urgency and not really understanding their sexual energy and needing something to do with it and needing something more and more extreme. Okay, now if we look on the other side of it, sexual energy is incredibly healing. You know, it, it gives us that connection to love and makes love into like a real sort of physical thing that we can experience with a partner. Um, sexual energy, of course, is the life force energy as well that just is part of actually when we have a healthy relationship with our sexual energy and we're inviting it up into our bodies, we're, we're essentially able to really, really sort of excel at being the person that, that we essentially are. So when the, when the lingam is massaged, it's very different from how most men masturbate. So there's nothing rough about it. In fact, it's very gentle, it's very slow. And it works to connect with the sexual energy. Now in Taoism, we call this Jing energy. Um, Jing energy being life force energy, it being the DNA that actually literally makes us, it being feelings of arousal, feelings of horniness. These are all examples of essentially Jing energy. So what we're doing is we're connecting with the Jing energy and we're using that to heal. Now, my background is as an acupuncturist and as an acupuncturist, we work with chi energy. So chi is the energy that's in our body that makes us feel sort of energized and revitalized. But Jing energy, it's a much, much more powerful energy, but it's so powerful, we could almost compare it to petrol. You know, so I could buy a can of petrol, I can put it in my car, I can drive thousands of miles, or I could get the petrol and I could pour it onto my car and I could set my car on fire. And this is a bit what sexual energy is like. And it has the power to absolutely clear through things, but it's also something that, for example, when I mentioned about why the ancient Taoist teachers didn't want too much to kind of just start teaching every random person about this, was because they also realized you can start working with your sexual energy. And if you haven't got, for example, a good relationship with your emotions, it can just end up amplifying negative emotions. Or if we have got a good relationship with our, with our emotions, of course, we can choose for it to amplify um, positive emotions as well. So, um, so with lingam massage, essentially we massage the penis in this very gentle way and still, until the man starts feeling arousal, arousal energy. And then we start to move this arousal energy, this sexual energy up the center of the body. So the way we move it is a little bit like Reiki. So we kind of go with our hands 
and we move that energy up. Maybe we put one here, hand here to conduct it, but we bring that up the body. And when that comes up the body, it's definitely like, you know, it's not just a thing that you imagine, you know, it's something that literally the person feels quite um, in, in, in quite a physical way. Sometimes it can feel like a vibration, you know, other times it can, shaking can happen. Sometimes jerking can happen. It can actually be even quite extreme jerking because if there's blockages in the meridian, meridians, essentially as those blockages clear, the person does tend to jerk and to shake a lot. So um, what we're doing, what I'm doing with this tantric and Taoist body work and moving the sexual energy up the body, essentially it's the same thing that we seek to do through Taoist meditation and through tantric meditation. It's all about the same thing. So this is kind of how it plays in that this is tantric body work. This certainly is Taoist body work. There's a long, long history going back of massaging of the genitals, both on a physical level to help the fascia, help the lymphatic, help the blood flow, and also to, to help the energy because the energy is very much connected to how well our blood is flowing, how well our lymph is working. So, um, so yeah, this is, this, is, this is what it's all about, Dan, as you, as you know. Mm. Yeah, great. I have to say, I was very skeptical about energy until I had the bodywork session with you. And I felt your hands like running up my leg and I looked down during the massage and it wasn't, you weren't actually touching my body. It was the, I was feeling the energy that was moving around my body. And, and that was, I think that was the first time I'd really experienced energy. So prior to then, I just, I, I didn't really, you know, with my Western upbringing to, to a lot of people, it, you know, energy, we don't get taught about this, do we, in schools? No, and I mean, you know, yeah, the Western brain is kind of taught to be skeptical about this, to kind of maybe consider it to be like a little bit sort of superstitious or maybe something that's just, you know, a little bit made up or a little bit weird or woo-woo or whatever, you know, but um, as you know, as I've certainly known and as I see, you know, on a regular basis with my clients, it's it's something that's incredibly powerful and i mean i think i never cease to be amazed about the power that it has you know and some people refer to this as sexual energy moving up the body and transforming some people refer to this as sex magic so magic is just i mean i just call magic it's something that science doesn't understand yet basically mm -hmm. you know but working with energy certainly it is we could say like it's a kind of a magic you know and um, when when the energy moves up the body, I mean, I've seen it like literally, you know, healing like physical problems that people have gone to doctors on multiple occasions, had basically like, you know, quite unpleasant procedures, medications and so on. Doctors just couldn't understand what was going on. And perhaps in some level, I can think I understand what's going on, but, you know, I can't say for sure, you know, I'm not sticking in a camera and looking at it or whatever, but I can sense what's going on. But one way or another, this energy is so powerful that it really, really heals people. It really, really transforms lives. I mean, one of the things that I work uh, around people with, one of the big problems a lot of men um, have in bed is that they just want to be able to last longer, basically, in bed, you know. Mm -hmm. And when the sexual energy starts moving up the body, what it essentially does is it removes the, the pressure to ejaculate and um and it just 
it just means that that men just get the ability to just last much much longer in bed and um a lot of men have tried to kind of use willpower or maybe like muscle clenches but just have found like it doesn't get them very far but when this when this energy flow flows when this meridian just opens up it just it's quite miraculous about about what it does mm, cool um so I want to go back to that, but um, before I do, so for guys who are spending a lot of time masturbating to porn and ejaculating, they're obviously using their energy. You're saying that by holding that in, then they can then use that energy to get more stuff done and take more action in life. They're going to have more get up and go. Would you agree with that? Okay, I don't, I think I'm going to shy away from the term about holding it in because I do think like there's okay. a huge danger and a tendency towards um, repressing sexual energy. So in our society, when it comes to sex, a lot of people tend to go kind of like one way or the other, you know? And what we want to do is we, find, we want to find a nice middle path where we're creating a relationship with our own sexual energy. Now, if I'm masturbating and I'm looking out at a screen and I'm watching, you know, especially if I'm watching other people having sex on a screen, I'm completely out of my body. I'm not really fully able to experience sensations in my body. And what this means is that I can actually do something to my own body, which can damage my delicate sexual organs. It can actually reduce my sensitivity and reduce my ability to have pleasure. Mm. Now, Taoism is not anti-sex. Yeah? In fact, it's absolutely reveres sexual energy as life force energy. It's quite pro-sex, if anything, you know, but, um, but uh, it's it it gives like um, techniques of how to optimize the sexual energy. So when experiencing sexual energy, men in particular are supposed to shut their eyes and come in their bodies and be present in their bodies. And we can notice if we even just practice just shutting the eyes and for example holding my arm and just very gently just stroking up my arm. I can notice that it's just really quite a pleasurable sensation, much more so if my attention is outside of my body, because we don't normally think of the arm as being sort of such a pleasurable part of our body. But when we bring our attention into the body and really connect with our energy, we can see that our whole bodies are really capable of an enormous amount of pleasure. And our sexual, sexual organs as well, the amount of pleasure we can experience can really just be amplified. And a lot of it, it actually comes down to just being able to relax because when we're tense and the pleasure builds up, the energy builds up, it's gonna try to just leave the body because it needs to go somewhere. A little bit mm. like when we put a kettle on to boil that the steam needs to come out. But if we relax and start to consciously use our intention to start to move the energy up the body, we can really increase the capacity of the body to experience pleasure, which means we can actually ha start having full body orgasms. We can last much longer in bed and um, we can just basically get so much more, not just on a pleasure level, but really also like on a deep loving level, a spiritual level, a healing level, a creative level out of our sexual energy. Right, okay. <clears throat> um... So yeah, premature ejaculation. I mean, is what do you define as premature ejaculation? 
I mean, you know, there's some men that, for example, they would ejaculate before perhaps even their penis was actually touched by the hand of their partner, or they might come just, you know, the second that they go inside of the woman, you know, obviously like this is really, really problematic. Now there's a lot of other men who go, who are the majority of men who are somewhere in between that, who might last somewhere between, you know, a minute and five minutes in bed, but really don't have very much control over when they ejaculate, you know, or they might last 10 minutes, but still they're wanting more control. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes sort of, you know, obviously people are doing Google search or search around these, um, these labels. So in a sense, using the labels is helpful, but I think more getting to the point of being, wanting to master your sexual energy and being in mastery of your sexual energy. Really, this is the goal to be able to have the choice not to feel controlled by it. Mm. So I would say if we gauge the conversation in these terms as being about wanting to be, you know, master of your own sexual energy is probably more helpful than trying to, you know, use labels like premature ejaculation. Right. Which carries a lot of stigma and shame. Just the word, the two words, premature ejaculation, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a really, really embarrassing thing for men. And it's not a conversation a lot of men want to have, you know. So mm. I have some people that contact me literally after decades of suffering with, you know, really bad premature ejaculation. And, um, um, you know, maybe they've not even really talked to anybody about it. Maybe they've been avoiding intimacy or maybe they're in a marriage where it's really become problematic because they mm. can't really have a sexual relationship but yeah, unfortunately, at the moment, it's definitely not a conversation that's going on around, around men. I mean, there's a lot more conversation going on with women about women's sexual problems. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, I guess for understandable reasons, men don't feel so able to start, you know, discussing this at the moment with each other. Sure. And we can get on to female sexual problems as well. But just staying on the men for now. Because I, I, I had a, I, I, it's definitely hard to admit, but I was struggling with um, not lasting as long as I wanted to in sex with my girlfriend currently, who, I, who, who I'm currently with. And that's what brought me to you. Um, and the work that you've done with me and everything you've taught me has fixed that problem way beyond what I could have imagined in such a short amount of time. To the point now where I, I almost have a choice if I want to ejaculate or not, even after making love for like over an hour, which is totally beyond anything I've really experienced in the past, unless I had taken alcohol or, you know, drugs to hide down the, the arousal, I guess. Um, so for guys that are listening that are struggling with it, um, get in touch with Jade and we'll get your details at the end of the podcast. And, and there's definitely a lot that you can do um, for the guys that are struggling with it. What are some recommendations you can give them now that's going to um, help them get beyond the, um, yeah, the, the, the issue. I mean, one of the main things that I work on with clients, like, you know, I'll, I'll give them some, uh, some you could say like meditation practices or breathing practices before the session and also then to go off and practice after the session one of the most important things is to relax now if any of us are able to completely truly relax 
all the blockages in our body will leave our body. Now, most people can't really relax in any kind of true way. So one of the best ways to relax, what I what I help my clients with, what I get them to do before the session, during the session, after the session, is to breathe properly. Now, when the body is in a state of what we call flight or fight, we tend to breathe up here. Now, of course, if your body is in a state of flight or fight, if you're stressed, if you're worried, if you're tense, your body's gonna be going, hang on a minute, sex isn't on the agenda, there's a tiger back there that's about to eat me. So either you're gonna come really quickly or you're not gonna be able to get an erection. And you'll be breathing up here. Your breath won't be coming down to your belly. You'll be <laughs> with, with the shoulders rising up. Many people are not even able to fully breathe properly in a relaxed way down into their bellies. So starting to practice just breathing into your belly and just breathing in and blowing out, breathing out all the tension in, in, your, in your body and with every out breath, just putting out tension. And a great way to do this is lie on your back on the bed and put a book on your tummy just below your belly button over and a little bit below the belly button put a book there and watch the belly rising and falling now maybe it's going to do it quite fine on its own maybe you're really going to have to encourage it um, to happen but relax and start to get a relationship with your breathing which also means you're coming at your head and you're getting a relationship with your body then start noticing your heartbeat. And we can notice that through our breathing, we're able to also affect the heartbeat. So imagine if I'm feeling a bit stressed, maybe I'm feeling a bit panicky, my breathing's gone up here, you know, my heart is maybe racing a little bit. And I'm not, is, you know, I'm gonna be kind of gasping a little bit for breath and definitely breathing quite shallow. But if I come with my consciousness and I say to my body, okay, breathe into your belly, breathe out the tension breathe into your belly breathe out the attention breathe out the tension i'm going to immediately notice that my heart rate starts to slow down mm. and my whole body starts to relax and what men can also notice is that generally when you ejaculate your breathing speeds up and your heart rate increases so by slowing down your breathing slowing down your heart rate you're then able to start getting a level of mastery over it. So this I, is something that definitely can help. I mean, another thing that I think is really important is there often can be like stress and tension and things that maybe the guys aren't talking about with their partner, because a lot of guys, they kind of think maybe it's not man needs to sort of be vulnerable to, you know, talk to open their hearts to maybe cry and so on i would say these things are really really important if you're not talking with your partner if you're kind of like blocking in emotions you know storing traumas you know maybe you've got a bad experience with a a, a previous relationship for example maybe if you're you know you're you're a male having a relationship with a female and the, the previous female may, may have betrayed you or abused you in some sort of way you know you are going to carry this energy, these emotions, this trauma in your body, and then you're going to take it into your new relationships. So, um, you know, by, by actually like going into your body and becoming aware of what's going on there, the emotions you're storing, and also to start talking. And ultimately, it's by talking that we create intimacy with our partner. Mm. So um, this is really, really important for you to actually 
also be able to relax with your partner to actually start being able to be vulnerable and of course to be vulnerable you actually need to be very strong and very confident but then also putting things out on the table that we're embarrassed you know to talk about including you know what you just mentioned you were very brave to mention i've also mentioned in in my you know as part of my work and in put for example on my website and in blogs and talked about um experiencing sexual abuse um and you know obviously there's a lot of shame around that a lot of embarrassment about that it might be something that you'd kind of prefer to maybe keep to yourself but those things are our reality those are our experiences which to some degree will shape us as people mm. and when we kind of store these things inside and try to ignore them they tend to kind of fester and basically like turning turn into monsters which start to have this kind of habit of rearing their ugly heads at the worst possible opportunity and just basically like sabotaging you know what we're what we're trying to do especially when we're trying to experience intimacy so um yeah i would just say relaxing and i would also say just meditation because meditation whatever kind of meditation what you're doing is you're taking control of your mind that doesn't even mean your brain it means your whole consciousness it means your energy field you're taking control of that now personally i think that taoist meditation is a really effective fast shortcut to start coming back into your body and taking control and taking mastery over your body but any kind of meditation any kind of yoga yogic practice tai chi qigong these are all going to help as well you know and just okay. generally like slowing down in life relaxing in life because often you know premature ejaculation it does kind of relate to rushing through things rushing through things of course relate to stress relate to running away from traumas mm, sure and it, it's it's so hard to relax in sex when you're in your head thinking when your ego is trying to control situations and and maybe yeah. not just oh i hope i can get it up i hope i don't come too soon there's also the pressure that men put on themselves to make sure that the women's having a good time and yeah. for me uh certainly like when i was younger a lot of the sex i was having up until very recently even now sometimes it comes up is the um wanting to make sure that my partner has a great time otherwise i feel that i failed in some way and then i'll feel bad and it's very hard to be able to relax and be in your body and control your breathing when you're worried about not performing to the ability to the best of your ability you know yeah i mean sexual energy and sexual experience is essentially ruled by the divine feminine energy of shakti and it's about being in the body it's not about being in the head so when it comes to having good sex whatever's going on up here in the head it's only going to interfere so it's imagine making love to your partner and you've got your mum there at the door you know nagging at you or whatever that's essentially what the head does so it's essential to completely relax come into the body come out of your head and that's where you start experiencing it and i think like also going into it with actually like a childlike sense of innocence a sense of fun a sense of exploration a real like open open mind i think all of those things are really really essential and i mentioned this word innocence and maybe people will kind of you know think oh it's a bit weird like in the context of sex that you're talking about innocence and i think like both the the repression the sexual repression of religion and the porn industry has done the same thing of essentially like taking the innocence and also the beauty and the fun 
out of sex. And I think as well as we need to sexually heal as individuals, whether or not we've experienced sexual traumas, you know, because there's a collective sexual trauma that's infecting the whole of society. So part of a huge part, I believe, of healing from this collective sexual trauma is actually to reconnect with innocence in relation to sex, because sex, it's a very beautiful and it's a very innocent act of love between two people and anything apart from that really it's kind of going to be traumatic, you know, and we think of sexual trauma as maybe like a, you know, being raped or a stranger grabbing us in a dark alleyway or something like that. But I would say like most of the sex that's gone on in the last 1000 years in Europe has basically been abusive sex that's traumatized people. And just the way like most people are having sex, the way, for example, you could see on porn, ah, this is how you have sex, jabbing in and out, you know, people objectifying each other. All of this is creating traumas inside people's bodies. You know, for example, like you mentioned about wanting to give your lady friend a good time, you know, and foreplay is essential, you know, like um, Mantek Chia says an hour and a half of foreplay with the woman is actually good before having sex. Certainly I would say half an hour is kind of like a minimum. An hour is probably getting to like a good amount of time depending on sort of what's going on. But remembering, you know, for example, a female sexual organs, this is a set of 16 muscles and tendons. And these are very delicate muscles and tendons that can be damaged and sort of jabbing quite fast in and out like this for the majority of women is actually not that pleasant. And especially if you haven't taken the time to sort of open up her sexual energy through um, through sort of um, foreplay, what happens is everything goes tense down here and she actually dissociates, which is the same thing that happens when someone is being raped, that they also dissociate. So um, it's really important actually to find ways to kind of go slow and make sure you're really, really connecting. Make sure you're not dissociating by going into your head. And of course, make sure your partner isn't dissociating either. Right. Do you know about the positive poll that men and women have separately? I, I learned about that and how um, for a woman to allow a man to enter her, she needs to have her heart opened first to prevent the trauma that could happen down there if that doesn't happen. So, I mean, yeah, what I'm, mm. okay, so what I'm f familiar with is we talk about the main two energy centers related to sexuality is the heart center and the sexual center, which is just basically where the second chakra is. So it's the fourth and the second chakra. So what they say is that a man's, um, a man's uh, sexual chakra or the energy from his penis it's going to be much more likely to be open and active. Whereas a woman is um, much more likely to have an, be able to open her heart. And I suppose like <clears throat> there's this whole idea about women perhaps being like, you know, less keen to rush into sex, men perhaps being more keen and also it being more difficult for men to open their hearts, which includes, for example, the reason what we were talking about, about how men don't talk so much about premature ejaculation, but women talk more about their sexual problems because women are much more like able to sort of basically open their hearts. So in tantra, we talk about sitting in the position I am with, with the male partner sitting here <clears throat> and me just energetically opening my heart while the man would energetically open his sexual center and this can create a, um, a, 
an energy cycle where the energy from the woman's heart goes into the man, goes down into his penis, comes across into the woman, comes up like this. Now, of course, I'm going to just add here, I do tend to slightly shy away from this ter these terms because, of course, there are many gay couples and transgender people who Tantra and Taoism can be very helpful for. And there is a certain narrative amongst you know, many teachers in Tantra and Taoism, the, these things aren't really for gay and transgender people, whereas I completely disagree with that. I think this stuff is there for everybody. And I think it can be really useful for gay people, really useful, really, really useful for transgender people and intersex people as well, who are looking to sort of establish a relationship with their own sexual energy. And I think what's important to remember here is I may be a physical manifestation of a biological woman, but I do have both the divine feminine Shakti energy and the divine masculine uh, Shiva energy. I both have yin and yang energy. And a man who's completely in his masculine, a macho man, is actually never going to be able to make love to a woman in a way that's going to be sort of appreciated by her. And for a man to make love with a woman or for two people to in fact make love together, you need to go into your feminine. And I think a lot of the problem around women not ex experiencing orgasm is actually because the woman is kind of like in her masculine, she's not letting go and, <clears throat> and relaxing into her feminine. So I would say that when it comes to sex, this is all about feminine energy. Hmm. Okay. So what are some of the main issues that women come to you for? I mean, I would say like the main issue for women is probably anorgasmia. I would say this is like a huge, huge issue amongst women. Okay, so that's yeah. the, the inability to have an orgasm. It may be the inability to have an orgasm. It may be that they just find it like really, really difficult to have an orgasm, that they don't have very many, that maybe they can only have an orgasm from self-pleasuring. And there's really like, it's a very, very similar mechanism, which what's going on. So when I was studying tantric massage, we're actually taught that basically the, um, the um, when, when a woman's sexual energy is blocked, she'll probably like shut down and not be able to have an orgasm. When a man's sexual energy is blocked, when he's experienced a sexual trauma, he's probably going to come quite quickly and that can even go over into the realms of you know being a pervert for want of a better word you know so so se sexual misbehavior basically that's all about extremely blocked sexual energy mm. um so so for example when i work with men even i've had men approach me that do have problems with you know their sexual boundaries in relation to other people and essentially, I'm happy to work with that. I'm able to work with that, even sort of sex offenders, because it's the same thing that their, their sexual energy needs to unblock. It needs to start coming up into their hearts. And then all that, you know, those, those bad desires that they had will just disappear. Right, wow. So, yeah. So women, it's a lot of, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of collective trauma in women. Obviously, there's a lot of collective trauma in men as well. But because we're kind of carrying the fact that, you know, our ancestors have been, you know, mistreated because they're women, they've been, um, you know, there's been a lot of like bad sex and rape inside of marriages. Um, you know, millions of women potentially were sort of like burned at the stake, tortured, put to death in various ways 
by the church simply for kind of, you know, growing lavender plants or whatever. And this is like a huge trauma that in Europe that we're holding onto. And that's also, you know, because when we look at our female ancestors and these things, you know, we're, we're being passed as women down from womb to womb to womb to womb, you know, um, there is like a line going back into the womb of ancestors hundreds or even thousands of years ago who may have been raped and that energy can come down, come down and affect us, you know, the same can happen to, to men, but there's just a very direct link. No, if you look in some, you know, perhaps a tribal place where there hasn't been this kind of sexual trauma, like, I mean, I think that in a lot of parts of, for example, like Africa, South America, where they haven't had this same, um, you know, certainly not all parts of Africa, not all parts of South America, because the parts that are more colonized will have this same problem because the Europeans have then come and brought their problems and, and brought their mistreatment of women over there. But I don't think you're gonna be finding this same kind of problem. So it's not something that women naturally have to have, but it is something that, that you know, it's a result of a collective generational, gen, generational trauma as much as it is a, perhaps a personal trauma. Hmm. Um, that, that, needs to, that needs to be healed. <clears throat> so, it doesn't necessarily need they don't need to have been through rape in order to um be experiencing this it could be from bad sex from a partner that they that they've been with and they don't realize the other damages that it's causing them i mean bad sex is causing a lot of damage to men and mm. to women and it was mm. interesting actually the feminist germaine greer she she actually made the comment that bad sex can be worse than rape you know and i agree with that and you know there's a lot of men who their wife just kind of stops having sex with them just kind of completely shuts down and it's not anybody's fault because nobody's told them what to do in fact people have told them the opposite of what they should do and they think that they're following the right thing they're, they think they're doing the right thing you know but but it's just it's actually caused a trauma which i think is then manifesting for example in women as high rates of cervical cancer also breast cancer is manifesting in males as cancer of the prostate problems with the prostate you know women having their, their problems with endometriosis endometriosis problems with their wounds men also having problems with their testicles and this is all kind of manifesting this sort of collective trauma where we're not using our sexual energy in a proper way okay so what are some of the things that women can do to open up those areas and experience more pleasure um maybe if they're not able to come visit you for some body work is there some advice that you can give them yeah can... so i actually recommend to pretty much all women who contact me to try Taoist meditation which takes us into our body creates a relationship with our organs teaches us about how our emotions exist as energy inside of our body teaches us how to activate our energy meridians and specifically teaches us to meditate with our vaginas and men can absolutely do the same meditating with their penis their testicles their prostate gland and so on but meditating with their vaginas and literally learning how to scan through our vaginas finding places where we're storing these emotional blockages so a healthy vagina should be extremely pleasurable and extremely orgasmic so women should be able to for example have a lot of pleasure when their cervix is being touched a lot of pleasure from the g-spot from the clitoris even just in general from inside the vagina but a lot of women will actually find touching of their cervix can be painful 
And a lot of this is from just bad sex, banging against the cervix, the woman dissociating, tensing up, you know. Um, but also, I mean, actually, even sort of doctors, conventional doctors and scientists, there, there is some research around that said, shows that women who have cervical orgasms are much less likely to have cervical cancer. So what happens when you have a cervical orgasm is that essentially the, the cervix vibrates and it loosens up the cells, it loosens up the blood flow, and it's really, really healthy for your cervix. And then it sends this wave of energy up your body, up into your heart, and up into your head. Now, when the cervix is just being repeatedly banged and banged and banged, what happens is it tenses up, and the more that it tenses up, the less the blood can flow. So it's quite obvious that getting abnormal cells and getting, um, and getting basically cancer can, can be a result of this you know and even like for example sexually repressing yourself so even if you're not having sex but you're repressing yourself and you're going to tend to kind of tense up down here same thing the tension is going to stop the lymphatic flowing it's going to stop the blood flowing in men as well it's going to cause problems with the prostate with the testicles as well um and uh and uh, so basically actually just having this relationship and going into our sexual organs. Now, I mentioned before about my problems um, due to sexual abuse when I was younger. And I also, um, I basically had an orgasmia. So I didn't have any orgasms at all. And I didn't even realize until probably around 21 that actually women were supposed to have orgasms as mm. well. And one of my, well, my, my boyfriend basically mentioned to me and he says, why are you not having orgasms? And I was like, I didn't even know women was, supposed to have orgasms you know but then just you know not that what he'd said was in any way like putting me down or derogatory but then I just started realizing oh my god yeah like something is missing from me and you know after a couple of years I was really kind of starting to obsess about what was missing in my body and it really got to the point where I was like wow you know something here is really like missing out of my life it was almost this feeling like that if I didn't actually have an orgasm I would kind of have died not really having experienced what it was like to be a woman and at the same time I was experiencing problems with insomnia anxiety a lot of like back pain and especially sort of lower back pain and I didn't put all these together as being sort of an energy block so at the time I didn't understand it and then I went into a bookshop and I picked up this book in the bookshop and it was called Cultivating Female Sexual Energy by Mantek Chia. And I saw the book and I was like, oh my God, I need to read this book, yeah. This book could very well be the answer to the solution of my problem. So I bought the book, I read it. I saw all these amazing practices. I was like, oh my God, there's no way I can do this on my own. So I found some teachers and I started learning the practices and I got very, very into the practices. I was doing them two to three hours a day. And then I went on a workshop where I learned how to meditate with my vagina and as part of that meditation, how to use a jade egg to essentially um, uh, exercise the muscles and also to kind of release tensions in the muscles in a very similar way that's done with tantric massage. Of course, in those days, I'd never even heard of tantric massage at all. And I started doing this and what happened was suddenly I came into my you know, I came into my sexual organs and I'd never been present in my sexual organs, but I had no idea that this wasn't even going on. And what first started happening was these kind of clouds, you know, gray clouds were actually starting to come out of my body while I was meditating. And also while I was doing standing Qigong 
practices as well. And there was this huge kind of release of stuff out of my body. And then suddenly, you know, in a quite a short period of time, I started getting this amazing tingling sensation in my vagina. And I was like, wow, okay. I didn't actually realize my whole vagina was numb and I just wasn't feeling anything. So no wonder I wasn't kind of having an orgasm either, you know? And then suddenly I started having orgasms and I went from just being kind of an orgasmic to being sort of multi-orgasmic and having full body orgasms and quite a lot of them, you know, and getting them really, really easily. And it was just, there was a release of some kind of energy which was blocking me. And I worked through it, not with tantric massage, but through the Taoist sexual practices. And my personal opinion, it may be a prejudice, but my personal opinion is that as women, because we have these like hundreds of years of kind of being violated, it's quite important for us to actually take control back of our bodies. So I do recommend this practice to pretty much all the women who um, who contact me. And, um, uh, you know, obviously they have the option to also come for a tantric massage, but I really want them to know this practice is there, it's available. And if you do it, you know, not just putting a jade egg inside of your body, but actually do it in the Taoist way, the way that's taught by Mantak Chia and really learning to create this um, relationship with your body, which also involves using actually like creating sounds, creating sound vibrations and connecting those sound vibrations with your vagina in order to kind of clear those, those blockages out of your body. It's like an incredibly powerful and incredibly effective thing. Mm, wow. So for any women listening who may have thought that there's nothing that they can do to help their current situation, there's a lot that they can do. And Yeah, I mean, I was told by my doctor, just you're an orgasmic, you're not going to have orgasms, you know, and it's mm. quite like depressing. And I suppose when you, you're complaining about something like that, they're kind of thinking, well, come on, you know, you don't have cancer, you know, you're not like you know they just think oh it's almost like superfluous you're talking about pleasure but what i realized when i unblocked my sexual energy i then started sleeping properly my anxiety got you know greatly diminished my back pain like disappeared you know and also i really it really then started becoming clear to me what was my path where was i needing to go forward in life you know and suddenly i had all this amazing sexual energy that was fueling me and instead of being kind of like okay, well, you know, I want to do this, but I'm going to have to just graft and work so hard to get any sort of results. It was all just flowing and just kind of coming to me, you know, really beautifully, really nicely. So, um, so it just, everything just became really, really easy. And it was just because it was almost like, you know, I'd been living in the dark, the generator was switched off, there were no lights, yeah. And suddenly, the generator switched off, you know, and I think of like, the sexual organs basically as power generators you know it's suddenly not only do i have like lights i'm able to use my computer the fridge is working i can boil the kettle you know i can use the washing machine and the blender and whatever else i want to use and it's all just really easy and i think this is when we're able to access our sexual energy it's just everything in our life becomes really easy everything just starts flowing wow cool so there's different types of orgasms women can have right because <clears throat> when I think women about women and women and men can have different okay. types of orgasms. So, you know, Freud talks about the clitoral orgasm, people talk about the G-spot orgasm. There certainly is a cervical orgasm, you know, we can talk about full body orgasms. You know, there's other pleasure zones inside the vagina, 
But as I started to meditate with my energy using Taoist meditation and then started meditating with my sexual energy and with my orgasmic energy, I realized that when I learned to tune into the energy vibration of orgasmic energy, it wasn't just something that goes on inside of the genitals. So for example, you can meditate with your heart, tune in to the orgasmic energy and literally give yourself a heart orgasm. You can give yourself a brain orgasm. And in fact, any part of our body that's painful where we need healing, bringing that orgasmic energy there and creating a vibration literally like renews that area on a cellular level, it renews the cells. You know, for example, we can create orgasmic vibrations inside of uh, our glands. And this is like amazing for rejuvenating our body as well. So, you know, orgasm is an energy, it's an energy that can take place in any part of our bodies. Okay. And the same men, you know, they know about ejaculation. Many men don't actually understand about prostate orgasm, or they maybe don't understand about, you know, like uh, full body orgasms or heart orgasms, but an orgasm and an ejaculation isn't the same thing. The ejaculation, it just is the end of the orgasm. Basically, it just means the orgasmic energy left out of your body through your penis instead of coming up into your body. And even though the idea for men to kind of go from being like, oh, my ejaculation to thinking in another way, it's a pretty weird, like, reprogramming but when a man starts to experience this like he's never really going to want to go back to the way that mm. he was before yeah so here because we i mean we're all wanting more pleasure really in sex aren't we I absolutely mean, that, if you i mean i feel we should be you know because why why yeah. wouldn't we be allowing ourselves to experience more pleasure yeah but, uh, and increasing our capacity to have pleasure it's about relaxing sure. and letting that energy come all into our body it's not about losing the energy mm. and i can see now how for guys who maybe aren't good at containing extra energy in their body they're going to feel the need to release it so the more we can contain and maybe get, get energetically bigger the more we more of that energy we can hold in our bodies the longer we can last in sex and then from that, the more pleasure we can get. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I've got to this point now where I can control my arousal levels. But I'm not really feeling any energy rising up my body. OK, so just my my advice is keep doing the exercises I taught you keep smiling to your heart especially keep circulating your energy and just practice going into a deeper and deeper state of relaxation so practice relaxing by um, allowing your belly to rise and fall you know by breathing into your belly and the more that you relax the more that it can happen you know and also meditating and bringing your attention to your sexual organs to your prostate mm -hmm. smiling to your prostate the same way that you smile to your heart you know just keep doing the practices keep relaxing and it's just a process you know for some people it can happen quite quickly for other people it may be like a longer process but the process is all important you know it's important to go through the process and it's like it's a journey it's not an instant fix you know mm. it's something that you basically go through you experience and it's going to take you places that it's not obviously we talk about pleasure and one of the things i love about tantric and Taoist sexual healing is it involves 
using pleasure to heal. And especially if, if you've had some terrible sexual trauma, you've been raped, for example, you know, you can spend years going to see a psychiatrist and they're kind of talking to you about stuff that's just re-traumatizing you, you know, all the time. But like, you know, in one session, like we can significantly clear through the trauma relating to, to for example, even like a rape and a sexual abuse by basically using sexual energy to clear that stuff out of the body. So um, whatever our journey is, and for each of us, it's an individual an, an individual journey, but this is, this is a tool, yeah? This is a, a tool, and there's many such tools, you know? And I, I don't think saying to someone, oh, you must just be a Taoist, or you must just do Tantra. These are all tools, you know? And to take these tools and then learn to just, not just sit and meditate on our own, but to bring these tools into our life and to utilize them in our life and to reprogram our body so that the energy meridians are flowing so that we're aware of our energy. We're also really able to just be present in what we're doing, to really be in our bodies. This is what it's all about. Okay, does, does acupuncture help with this? <clears throat> if we went to see an acupuncture to help get that energy flowing, is that something that would benefit? I mean, I regularly have acupuncture. The kind of acupuncture I usually have is five element acupuncture. So that does work a lot on getting the meridians flowing. So there's some types of types of acupuncture. They might might more be working on sort of like certain symptoms like a bad a bad knee. But I mm. quite regularly go and I receive sessions of five elements acupuncture to keep all my meridians flowing. Okay. But this, like I said, is working on the chi level the the jing level so when we're pr practicing sexual alchemy sex magic tantric mas massage Taoist body work whatever we want to call call it this is all working with jing energy so it's working on a much deeper level with much more volatile powerful energy which can like you know it can have some incredible results but like i mentioned before it's an energy that we really need to know how to work with it properly and just messing around with it without really kind of like understanding you know too much about the whole mechanics of it it can be a little bit risky and i think it's fair to say there are literally thousands if not tens of thousands of men who've read mantak chia's books thought oh that sounds like a good idea and they've actually caused problems with their pelvic floor the mm. energy of their kidneys their lower backs and so on because they're not doing the, pra the practices properly okay um i just noticed the time we gonna have to cut it short um before we finish can you just quickly talk about the uh, microcosmic orbit because i know this is a great way for men to last longer and for women to uh well for men and women there's a lot of benefits can you quickly talk about that and just how maybe they can add that to their daily routine um well the microcosmic orbit is a meditation which involves using our intention to activate um, the energy meridian that flows from the anus up the back into the head down the front back down to the perineum and then it just goes around in a loop so this is like the main two energy meridians which then go on to feed what we call the 12 organs so having these meridians working is going to help to balance the sexual energy absolutely it's also going to help balance not having too much in the head and it's a great way actually to take this lovely spiritual energy from the higher self down to the lower self and then to take the physical energy that we need from the lower self 
up to the higher self and to balance the lower and higher self so you don't have the higher self up here kind of looking down on the lower self or the lower self down here thinking the higher self up here is kind of dangerous you just have the two very nicely integrated so um yeah this is also something i teach i'm hoping soon i want to actually put a video up on my youtube explaining how to do this because i've got a lovely way where we collect the energy inside the brain we bring it down and then we bring it up the body um, and we circulate it and i would say this is a really important practice to get into and it has a huge effect on the whole life yeah but definitely on the sexual energy on having too much going on in the head mm. on the immune system it's amazing for the immune system just for the organs in general and i think it's like a great way to significantly extend your lifespan as well wow okay cool so uh, do you have a video on that on your youtube channel am i right i don't at the moment i'll be honest dan i made one and then i was a bit shy to put it up because it didn't quite look the way that i wanted it to look <laughs> okay but um but yeah, I'm going to, um, maybe I'll put that one up or maybe I'll re-record it. But Do yeah. a new one, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So okay. Um, can you just tell people how, let people know how they can find you, all the different social media networks and your website and everything else? Sure. So I have a Facebook page where I talk about all this yummy, fun and exciting, mind-expanding sexual stuff. It's called Taoist Sexual Alchemy. Um, I also have my own profile on Facebook where I write about stuff relating to sort of I, a lot of stuff about, you know, self-development, self-love, you know, how we might be kind of secretly hating ourselves and not even realizing it and what we can do to change this. Um, I also have a um, Instagram, uh, which is Jade Lotus 23. My, my name on uh, Facebook is um, Jade Lotus. Um, then I have like a... Um, my own website so that's got a lot of like blogs especially all around this sexual stuff that we're mm -hmm. talking about so i definitely like recommend for people to kind of um have a look at those blogs because there's a lot of like really interesting information there and stuff that you can take and start applying in your in your life and just there's a lot of information there on my website it's full of information perfect and they can i think your website's got your contact details your email address and exactly yeah so the best way to contact me is by email or WhatsApp as well. But email is generally like what I get back to the best. Um, and yeah, so I, I can, obviously I do body work in this time as well. I can do, do stuff online. So, okay. Fantastic. Cool. Nice one. Right. Well, thanks for coming yeah. on. I appreciate it. It's been a really interesting chat. Um, no worries, Dan. I've really enjoyed this as well. And nice to see your face again. Yeah, and absolutely. to hear you're doing good as well. Yeah, cool. No, definitely. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks again. And um, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Cheers.